Hello and welcome to episode 104 of the Dragons Are Real podcast. My name is Pete Jones. So there's been quite a bit going on at Kickstarter at the moment. I recently backed the Level Up 5e um, hardback version at 120 quid. I know it's a bit expensive, but playing a lot of 5e at the moment, and I like some of those variant rules and variant monsters. Um, and another one that just caught on my radar is Mothership. Now I did back, I did buy Mothership three years ago when it first came out. It was quite uh, innovative. Um, it had some really nice uh, layouts. That's a D100 system for those that don't know. And it had a really clever works uh, character sheet, which was a workflow. So you could follow uh, this workflow just from the character sheet. You didn't have to refer to the rules. Um, and now they've brought out a new edition, which they're calling first edition with the previous edition, now zero edition. So you can get the digital bundle uh, for £22, but they're also doing two print sets, um, a core set and a deluxe set. So what are the changes they've done on this new first edition? Well, combat and violence has been simplified. They've moved health from a HP to a wound system to make it more visceral. Armour, it's uh, no longer a save, but now it uses destructible points, so it, uh, it wears away. Levels have now been removed, getting it away from the OSR type's um, feel, and it's gone to a shore leaf system where you train and build up your skills that way. They've rebalanced the classes, overhauled the stress and panic mechanics, and the character worksheet, um, which was really um, one of the things it was praised for, has been simplified and made more readable. So we've got the two sets. We've got the core set, which is £44 uh, in the print set. And in that you get the player's guide, the warden's manual and unconfirmed contact. The deluxe set is £73 and adds the scenarios for Dead Planet, a pound of flesh and gradient descent. So if you like Mothership and you want to get yourself on the nice new printed versions, then um, check out the Kickstarter. A few episodes ago, I mentioned chase rules, and as you know, I'm not a fan of chase rules. Well, last night, when running Adventures for Middle-Earth in the Eriador guide, they had another set of chase rules, so I thought I'd give them a whirl. And the way this works is that uh, when you have a chase, then each companion must make a DC-15 survival or stealth check. Each success earns them one point, if they succeed by five or more, they earn two points. And if they roll a natural 20, it's three points. And what the company has to do is they have to accumulate eight points in total. And when they accumulate eight points, then they are so far ahead of the pursuers that they have lost them. Whenever they make a, they fail a check, they gain a level of exhaustion and gain one failure. And once they get three failures, then they, and the lead is obviously less than eight, then they have been caught up. And this ran really well in my game last night. Um, we had players spending inspiration early on to get a, to build their leader. Uh, once they got to two failures though, then things got a bit more dicey. The players had no more inspiration left. And the last player to roll on it, um, he had no inspiration. And if he failed, they were caught by this troll potty that was chasing them. Otherwise they got away. And do you know what? He went and rolled a bang on 15. So that was really good. Um, it ran really smoothly, ran really well. Probably add a bit more um, flavour text next time, but I just wanted to see it, what it was like. And um, yep, I can highly recommend those chase rules. Next up in Foundry, there was a post on Reddit by 
uh, Ripper93. And he's doing some wonderful things now um, with 3D in Foundry Virtual Tabletop. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I will show you the video that he's posted. Looks really good. He has um, got some Patreon back models, um, uh, Patreon backed system for doing this. It's going to be a paid module and why not? Because it's uh, spending a lot of time on this. I think he's got about 19 modules in this Patreon now, which adds to this 3D system. And it's taking tabletop simulator like controls into Foundry Virtual Tabletop. You can also import uh, your 3D mod models uh, just using normal 2D maps. And he's doing a lot of work on this. So if you want a bit of 3D in your Foundry VTT, um, then check out 3D Ripper. Um, he reckons that he's running this on a seven year old laptop with um, integrated CPU. And if that is the case, then this looks um, quite amazing. So check that one out. But also in his post, he mentioned about getting 3D models into his system. Um, you can import a load of STL files from the DM workshop on Shapeways. He's got over 3000 STL models, including all the 5e monsters, I believe. And although when you visit the website, it shows the price that is for the printed models. Create yourself a free Shapeways account. When you click on the model, it gives you the ability to download the STL files and then you can import them into this 3D Ripper uh, modules or Foundry. Or if you want to use them for Tabletop Simulator or any other 3D stuff, then fill your boots with that. So that's what I'm going to chat about, about Kickstarter and other interesting things. I think it's time to get on to the main subject. So I recently picked up Neverland Hardback Book by Andrew Kolb. This is uh, £15 in PDF from DriveThruRPG and the hardback is uh, a recommended retail price of 25 quid, which is very reasonable for a hardback. The reason I picked it up is I got it for 13 quid. 13 quid but that's with free postage and although I gave it a miss last year I thought for that price you know what I really can't bypass that. It's marked on the cover as 5e compatible and I'll touch more on that later um, and I also had a the thing that put me onto it really was somebody said on one of the uh, blog posts that they had a simplification of the 5e monster stats and yes they have done that um, so I will go into more detail with that one as well. So the first impression of the book it's a good quality hardback with a simple green cover with the 5e compatible logo on the right and on the end papers you've got some nice gold leaf design. The typeface it gives an old book feel it's basically laid out in three columns all the artwork is a mix of reds greens and monochrome art it's very stylized but it does fit in well with the overall theme um, it comes across as a children's book with a little menace. So this is a setting book and not a rule book and it can be used with 5e or in fact it can be used with any OSR game. It's aimed at GMs not players so you don't really want your players to be poking at this one. It starts off with the world and gives a description on what this version of Neverland is. All your favourites from the books are here. Peter Pan and the Lost Children, Captain Hook, the Pirates and of course the Crocodile. And it also explains all the different factions that make up Neverland. The themes from J.M. Barry's book really are cleverly woven into the game. And the themes of time, growing up, 
parenthood and having a home. So this setting is a hex crawl. There's no single story to follow and it's up to the GM to help um, to use the book in crafting stories around the information presented in the book. Time and travel uses a clock system for both um, time and distance with distance being measured in time to travel. And as you if you've read the book or actually seen the Peter Pan Disney film, then you know the clock has a big part to play. And basically a clock is four hours of time. And as I said, distance is measured in time. So if it takes you four hours to travel somewhere, it would be a clock to get there. The 24 hour day is split into six blocks of four. And then the month is a four week month with each three days having a fixed phase of the moon. At certain times of the month, the crocodile moves location to lay, his, uh, lay her eggs. And at both 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. every day, there is a chime that appears mysteriously on the island that nobody really talks about. Um, nobody knows where it comes from, but at these times, special events happen at the different locations. There is also a starfall that routinely occurs once per month. And the when the starfall hits the Neverland, it has a source of power for non-magic users, um, which they can tie into their backgrounds. But any magic created near a starfall is unstable. There's a system for fun and games. So you can play hurling, uh, run fairs, parties and concerts in the rules. Um, so there's some nice little additions there. And then they've got some advanced rules. Yet again, there's another set of chase rules. And as you know, this becoming a bit of a theme on this podcast. But this is another set of innovative, innovative chase rules for 5e and it basically uses a paper rock and scissors system which is they've been renamed the rocks are attacks papers are evade and scissors are sprint and each character um, takes a round with a gm and the gm sets the conditions so it might be you've got to get five wins before to, before you get five losses so each round a player has a bout of rock, paper, scissors, or attack, evade, and sprint. And attack beats sprint, sprint beats evade, and evade beats attack. And when you win, you get a point. Um, and also, if you an attack wins, they gain an advantage attack against their opponents. If the uh, attack loses, they get a disadvantage attack. And if they draw... If both um, use an attack, then both sides make an attack. If a sprint wins, they both roll checks for environment. And if the sprinter wins, they may also remove a failure. If evade and sprint have draws, then the pursuer rolls a check for the environment and they either get a half win or half loss. So again, it's a nice, simple system and um, it's not going to really work on a VTT, but I think in person, doing the old paper rock scissors, it could be quite a nice way to do it. Then we get onto the cast. So this is 40 pages of NPCs and a bestiary with a lot of flavour for the setting. Each NPC or monster has a short background information. And then we get onto the stat blocks, which they say are 5e compatible. And they're not quite 5e, but well, they're a mix of 5e and OSR. So each stat block uses a HD uh, hit dice, not a CR. 
there's the hit points listed, the armor class and the speed. And then we have a save, which is three numbers, typically something like plus two, plus one and minus one. And when a save is required by that monster or NPC, the GM uses the appropriate one, depending on whether they are proficient in something like that or they are not. And these saves also act for the attack bonus. So the first two of the bonuses are together and that is the attack bonus. Then any resistance, immunity and weaknesses are listed. And then we move on to attacks, which is the type and the and the damage it causes. And of course, it doesn't need to list the attacks um, bonus because that is used for the save. And then it has any special abilities or spells the creature may have. So it works really nicely. Um, all creatures have monochrome artwork, monochrome artwork and these stat blocks are nice and easy to read, a lot easier to read than the 5e. And Obviously, you can use them with your old OSR style games. So, for example, if we take the Dagger Tooth Tiger, it's got HD 4, 50 hit points, 13 armor, speed of 30. Its saves are plus 4, plus 1 and minus 2. And it's attack a magic bite, which causes 1d6 plus 4. Claw, two attacks, each 1d4 plus 1. A pounce is 1d6 plus 1 plus 1d4 for every 5 foot it moves this round before it attacks up to 3d4 and save or fall prone and it's special has advantage on stealth on hiding in jungle so nice simple step blocks there then we move on to chapter three which is the island which is 30 pages and this is um, the map of the island and there are 24 hexes to the island and each of the 24 hexes is uh, listed there is a nice isometric map on page 55 with the hex map above it showing you where all the hexes are. Each of the hexes has a one page spread and it's got a skeleton of ideas that need fleshing out by the GM to work. So the procedure, the way the hex crawls work is first of all when you enter new hex you roll a d4 and that is how many hours into the exploration of that hex an encounter occurs. If you roll a 4 then the encounter incurs at the destination otherwise uh, you have an encounter that uh, many hours in and then you roll again for the next encounter so there's going to be a minimum of one encounters and a maximum of four encounters per hex and when you have an encounter you roll a d20 encounter table and look at the table the page besides uh, having the hex number has a picture of the hex from a large map it also has a small mini map of the connecting six hexes around it so that's a great way to if you if they're moving out of there it shows you which one you look at next a short description of the event and then a special event that happens at the chime hours then we have a d20 encounter table which will give you a result of there's no encounter and maybe an area effects creatures npcs or creatures and npcs together multiple creatures you get that sort of idea there's a d12 table for each one with the area effect for that area the d12 creature type table for that area as well so each area has got a different chance of, of creatures coming out and a d12 table for npc types and then there's also a d6 exploration table on each page as well and that is when they're exploring the sort of past discoveries they can find on the island the next chapter chapter four is on elfame which is a fairy plane which is access via neverland 
It's got uh, customs and courtesies that uh, occur in Elfame, um, but things like stealing and giving, eating, the role of children in the plane. It covers things like changelings, the lost boys, tr travel within the plane, and it's split into 24 regions. Each has a short description and what you are likely to meet there. However, there is a lot of work that needs to set this bit up, so this bit is a quick bit quite sparse. Chapter 5 is 48 pages, and that is all a number of resources. And it starts off with some maps and details of specific locations on the islands. So, for example, we've got the coral caves on the surface. We've got the crocodile with a nice map and what you can be found in different parts of the crocodile. There is the Jolly Roger uh, with the different decks of the ship and what you can find on each of the ship. There are a myriad of tables in this resource section um, of motivation tables, uh, random tables for names, loot, rumours, start, surge effects, plot hooks, objects, traps, games, animals. Um, there is a absolute amazing number of tables. There's also another load of monsters uh, secreted away in this section as well, which is part of the skull, which is uh, one of the locations on the island. And again, it follows the same format, but we've got things like oozes and sword tooth and dragons. So it even uh, adds more and more of these creatures to you. And uh, in this part, besides just having the normal Neverland creatures, they've got some more creatures that you would find in a 5e OSR book, slightly more stylized, things like skeletons and that sort of thing. So these, if you like tables, then uh, this book has got a bunch of them um, all scattered through this section. And then we get on to chapter six, which is Tales from Neverland. This is eight short, short stories, each of between one and six pages. Not much use uh, for the game, but it gives you a flavor of the type of story. If you like short stories, something there for you to read. And then we get onto a page of external resources. So we've got some artwork, we can find artwork, music that fits in with um, the setting, some random tables, um, some role-playing modules, and then the, a bit of a splurge about the author and their thanks. And then there's some a nice section, which I thought was quite nice, was some rough artwork that was used in the development of the book. Um, so he's included those, some nice little pictures here. That you can look at and see how they developed which i thought was uh, very good and there's also some um, mock-ups of the book covers that they were going for before they got to the final version so i thought yeah that was quite clever as well with a nice map at the back so that is uh neverland by andrew kolb um i thought it was a good read really for 13 pound it is well worth it um i've already adopted the stat blocks for running my face-to-face -face 5e game because it's a lot easier to run the creatures from that one thing i did notice though it doesn't tell you how to get started in the adventure so there's no clues on that at all so whether it's in another plane that your your players arrive at or whether you uh, live there or you've been taken across by peter pan then that is going to be figured out on where you would start I mean, it's it's not going to be easy, but once you have got yourself set up there, then this book is an incredible resource for the price and really high quality. So that's all for this episode. 
If you want any more information, remember, check out the uh, website at petejones.neocities.org. Remember now that we've got, I've got an itch.io page. That's dragonsareal.itch.io. There's obviously the blog. And you can send me an email by the uh, dibbly-doo-blahs in the... Um, check out the notes below the video or the show notes in the audio. Or you can catch me on the Audio Dungeon Discord. Thank you ever so much for listening. And I'll catch you all on the flip side.